0: in the ghetto or in the street, suburban chic, stay magnificent. cash tech check every other week, work night and day so the kids can eat, but they want kicks and every three players, name brand jeans and six cell phones, the ones that rock the loudest ring tones. if they don't get it then they can't leave home, singing my gigabytes of big, it ain't yours, it's an arms race for the newest toys, spread through the girls, cartoon to boys, welcome to the new funk.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Blackball. My name is James D. Fury, and um, today I have the esteemed honor of introducing a person who I met, I guess it must be like 20 years ago now, um, through a friend. I had a friend uh, named Nigel Williams, still have a friend named Nigel Williams, um, who is the front man, was the front man of uh, an amazing band called the Pocket Dwellers. And he introduced me to a lot of people back then that were sort of doing the grind in Toronto. And one of them, is my next guest his name is fat al and what i really like about fat al is that he was the first guy i ever saw with a cape on in public and i was like yeah all right (laughs) that works for me fat al how are
0: you All good how are you doing
1: i'm doing well man i haven't seen you in a long time and i remember one time that i saw i don't think this was the last time but you might remember this so your name is fat al my my name is james and we were walking across that spadina and like queen and we we ran into each other halfway across the street and you looked at my stomach and you're like oh we've traded places because you had like dropped a hundred pounds at the time <laughs> so i was like fat james and you were just like al <laughs> that
0: don't worry i got I, I found every one of those that i dropped i picked yeah. them all, all back up all back you know what's
1: funny is that that day i remember thinking to myself when i left the house you know what you're too good to suck in your stomach and then boom <laughs> oh. fat Al's just like you better suck in your motherfucking
0: st- stomach uh re- reverse my position on that push it out
1: push it yeah, out. yeah just push it out as far as you can um listen man you are one of the most hardest working musicians I think I've ever met uh, you're you were always grinding no matter what jazz fest you're like the you're basically the unofficial headliner at every beaches jazz fest. Like people crowd around your stage and are just like, this guy's amazing. Um, Where did you get that work ethic from? Like, like, was that passed down from a parent or was it just like, were you just laser focused uh, on your music and you were just like, this is what I have to do.
0: No, I definitely got that from my mom. Uh, uh, Growing up, my, my mother, I mean, she, she went to school and uh work like three jobs uh and my mom and dad weren't together but my dad was a carpenter so he was always like he worked with his hands and worked really hard also but just really seeing my mother like like become a nurse and take care of us and at the same time try to like instill in us like listen you you work hard you can also uh like go on a vacation (laughs) type of type of thing uh she she really. Kind of showed us that, like, you know, as hard as you work, as uh, you will be rewarded. Right. But also work smart. My 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 mother was a very uh, astute person in terms of, like, getting some real estate and stuff. And at a time where we were coming up that it was like, why, why do you need to get a second house <laughs> type of thing? It's like, <laughs> I'm renting that one out. And they're like, what? Oh, Does it make any sense? It's like, you know, very forward. <laughs> very forward. Yeah. Thing thinking she was house hacking before it was even called house hacking we had people living in the basement and stuff like it was uh it was very interesting growing <laughs> you up know, we had like, people
1: living in the basement yeah, um, we, <laughs>
0: but don't, yeah go the basement don't go to the if, basement now don't go to the basement we were like the only people on the on the block that was like yeah our tenants and like you have tenants like i don't know that's what they're called the people live in the basement <laughs> uh <laughs> you in scarborough is that where you grew up? Yeah, whereabouts uh, so, uh, we left, we were in Ontario housing, uh, in, in North York at Wakanda place. I don't know if you know, uh, Wakanda down by Dawes road is kind of a rough uh, neighborhood. And we moved out to, um, right b- behind Kennedy station. So we were okay. like on Kennedy and Eglinton, literally behind Kennedy station. So they used to have this big fence at Kennedy station and we were like, then train tracks, then our house. Uh, so people would cut through our, um, our yard and like, cut a hole in that fence every like three months they patch that fence up within a day somebody would come a bolt cutters, cut through it because it was like the easiest way to get to kennedy station you,
1: you weren't working hard enough you're gonna charge like a loony okay come on through, come
0: on through. we got the bolts <laughs> come through we got, we got the bolt cutters were, we're part good. of the ttc <laughs>
1: yeah. how many times then that you you must have a lot of good memories um taking that train downtown to go to a gig then like that must have been like constant for you
0: you know what? Uh, I actually went to Central Tech um, for high school. Right. I was supposed to go out here and Scarborough and I was like, uh, my dad lived downtown. And so I got used to like going downtown to where Healy, he used to live near Christie Pitts. So I, around, you know, high school age, I was like, nah, I want to go to school downtown. Like, that's where the action is. So I would take the train every morning uh, from Kennedy to Bathurst and then. Uh, hang out with my friends until as late as I possibly could and then come home. So I was constantly on the train. So so gig nights would be interesting only because uh, after like two o'clock, you're taking the blue uh, line bus back to Scarborough yeah. and it would be like, oh every the vomit every, yeah yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah every, that. everybody I who still um, smell it right now i can smell the vomit oh the smell the weekend. smell of, of vomit in, in there because there's everybody coming from the clubs at that time it's like eh, yeah yeah piled Barfing up club jerk clubs.
1: chicken and cocaine like,
0: was that? <laughs> it was it was a scene man
1: <laughs> you know it's funny i just saw a clip the other day i don't know if you saw it but there was a ttc worker filming two drunk people on his bus when the yes. bus was out of service and he got fired, and I'm just sitting here at home like, does anyone remember the vomit comment? It was yeah. like that every single night
0: All for like two it decades. Was... Also, <laughs> you know? like, they were so laid out that that like, I think you know, I think what what got him fired was his commentary because he was, he was the like, commentary well, was the best part. It was it was hilarious. It was like, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> he if 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 in one point of that commentary he'd just be like, are you okay? I think everybody would have been like, oh. but he was like, look at these two. Oh yeah. my God. What on you ever do? Pizza? Is that get... pizza on the floor? <laughs> they've had too much to drink. Man, they've been drinking. I was like, okay.
1: Uh, this, this vomit is... brought to you by King
0: Slice. <laughs> King Slice. Yeah. Once we get like, I think they're okay. Or they're going to be fine. I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, people are like, well, did you go over there and take their pulse and make sure that they, I was like, no, they're drunk. Like, They're fine. I, I, as I'm,
1: as I'm talking to you right now, I'm thinking of all these things. I was like, I'm trying to retrieve memories of Fat Al. And I have one. I'm going to be delicate about it because I'm one of those guys that doesn't care about mentioning your name. But I don't want to cause any flack for you. But maybe you'll remember who I'm talking about. Um, someone got a little bit too big for their britches. And you knew this person and this person came up to you and he's like, was like, excuse me, sorry, who are you? And you're like, it's Fat Al. Because you were like, you know who I am.
0: Do you know who I'm talking about? Is that that the the one? Kevin? (laughs) Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I I was like,
1: I don't want to like talk about Kevin, you know, necessarily. But like there is an interesting thing. Like I'll give you an example. Um, I've had this podcast for about a year. I've had like Noam Chomsky on and like some big names like uh, like even in weird places like science, like Lawrence Krauss and just these names that like are big on the Internet. You know who the only person that's turned me down so far? Kevin.
0: Um, was it
1: Jay-Z? <laughs> Jay-Z said yes.
0: No, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> then Kevin. <laughs>
1: I do that once in a while, though. I asked, like, like I, the other day, I was like, well, he doesn't really talk to anybody, but maybe Daniel Day-Lewis will answer me. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, once a day, I'm just like, give me a top-tier celebrity, and I'll just ask him to come to my podcast, and we'll see what happens. So every day, that's what I do. No one says yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like oh canada eh? oh you're ranked yeah. 150th in your category in canada oh okay
0: listen this, this is the town square so uh at the end of the day it's like this is the most direct line to talk to people and yeah. if you still want to be left in the old guard of getting on no no shade entertainment tonight or something like that I'm like great uh gloss me up but like i rather just have like a real conversation you know
1: yeah yeah exactly so and i i approached you in two thousand and three, um at Nigel's actual uh, referral to be a part of that eat the beat thing. Yeah. Um where you were you were you were basically the the intro. Um I remember all your lines because I remember every because I watched that fucking thing like a thousand times I'm sure trying it, to get it right. I was insane. Oh my god. There's so many things
0: was- that, yeah,
1: there were so many things that went wrong with that. Like uh, just to give the audience a, an idea, I, I created this idea where it was like uh, freestyle MCs Would stand in front of a screen That flashed These like 3D graphics And the rapper Had to freestyle Based on the shit That he sees Float across the screen I called it Front proof freestyling And I thought it was Like a good way To get into the modern age Because they were still Doing shit back then With pulling shit out of a hat Or something like that Which is fine It's old school I liked the way It was done way back in the day When people would just Take a, rec- a bunch of records Out of a crate And just like flashcards And yeah. the rapper Would freestyle based on Whatever he saw In front of him um, I'm bringing all this up because uh, I, I, I'm very confused w- when I grew up, when we grew up, a freestyle had a definition Yeah. and it was thinking of rhymes off the top of your head in that moment and spitting them out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. And then something happened and I don't know what happened. It was like, it was like Biff from back to the future. It was like cannabis or something went back in time and changed the <laughs> definition of a freestyle <laughs> so that yeah. he could be down yeah, or something. And it became like. Well, if, if no one's ever heard the verse before, then, then then yeah, it's a freestyle. Yeah. Can you tell me what the fuck happened there? Like, wh- wh- did I miss something?
0: The corporatization of, of this shit, man. I mean, it's like, so it, it's interesting because at the time when we were coming up, it was uh, um, you had to grind against the machine in, a, in the sense of there were so many gatekeepers that were there. You constantly had to prove your worth to those gatekeepers so uh look i can freestyle i can write like think of a, a m and meeting dr dre right like at that point in time a record deal had a whole different definition than it does now uh you, ha- you were shut out of like getting on mtv or much music you were shut out of getting on radio you were shut out of doing your uh, uh, making a music video like everything was cost prohibitive everything was controlled by uh the major labels and, and then you have to get into that system right so you're constantly like like i can dance i can say <laughs> you know i can i can freestyle now you're, it's like you're your own little corporation and you're walking in saying look this is my brand we weren't we weren't walking in with a brand we were just walking in as like kids going like can you tell me how i get onto to your record label <laughs> now we're walking in and it's like no i need to be fully branded when i walk in so I don't have time yeah. to make up a rap for you. I need to make sure that when I'm in here, the boutique is set up, and I know what's gonna it's gonna look like because I got to put this on Instagram. I got to put this on you know MySpace and into like in, into Facebook, into Instagram, into Twitter, into IG, right? So it's it's one of those things where in a weird way they're way more sophisticated than we were, and in their yeah. minds, is like, yo, I don't have time to look bad. With a with a freestyle because I wasn't feeling it that day. I've got to deliver every single time because I'm my own boss right now, and my, I really do run my own like media company.
1: Yeah, it, it, I actually kind of hated it at the time, to be honest with you. Like, if 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 someone were to like, you know, if two rappers saw each other at a party and figured out that they were rappers, there'd always be that fucking guy like in the corner It'd be like freestyle battle, yeah. and it's just like yeah. why can't people just cipher? Yeah, <laughs> like ciphering was like. yeah Yeah. you know just like spit a verse like everyone was like it it went immediately from we've discovered rappers here let's battle like it was never like a peaceful and i i I don't know that bothered me about the scene a little bit because um and toronto's tough enough as it is it's not called the screw face capital for nothing like yeah you are um such a talent Uh, you know if guys if you know who god made me funky as you already know um if you don't I don't know what you've been doing, but, but you need to go check them out. But you, you, you know, your performance and you know, the, the substance that you bring on stage, you know, speaks for itself. Did you ever have to face screw? Well, you must have, when you were young um, face that sort of like this room. <laughs> yeah. Know, like when you're like, they wait for the best punchline ever and then they go like this wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> look I mean, when this. I,
0: when I was first coming up uh, um, I was pretty Effective, uh, of like, so, I would do things that like uh, a lot of other rappers didn't do. So, for example, yeah, when I first started wearing a cape on stage, people would be looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And when I was first started, I was wearing like a a, a red um, uh, sheet tied around my neck, right? Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't. And then later on, I got cape sewn into my clothes, which was just like
1: I, I, I found it near Kennedy Station Where, and just yeah, thought it looked good.
0: <laughs> I got the Canadian flag sewn into into a suit. Uh, jacket where I was wearing um, uh, white gloves, uh, and a, a, ha- a hat with horns, uh, with a cookie monster on the front, <laughs> right? oh. So, so <laughs> I'd show up and people would be like, What is this? <laughs> What's going on? Like, the oh, black caliglia
1: the on, on acid yeah. that's what that is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like he, he, he's not the guy with the baggy, baggy jeans and stuff. <laughs> like, and, and then I have um, I had um, a mic stand. Uh, And I'd seen Freddie Mercury uh, a performance of Queen. I think it was in Wembley Stadium or something. And he seen him with that half a mic stand. He would hold it like a scepter because then he'd put on the cape and the uh, and the crown. And I'm like, yo, Mm. yeah, yo, I got to do that. So I got it. And that that time, that movie Drumline came out. Uh, I remember Nick Cannon and Drumline, and they walk, and you know when they're walking with it, the batons and stuff. So I was like, what? I'm holding a baton. So I started. Did you throw that shit? Oh my gosh, I, I, that's my, that's my jam. Oh, like take it. I, I,
1: I, I seem to remember this.
0: You did this a lot too, didn't you? Yeah. I would hold it in like between you, the thing. Yeah. I would take it, flip it around. Take Waiting the for off the off.
1: salads to finish their set. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, there yeah. Know. Right,
1: you still this. keep in contact with any of the guys that like you used to, cause I don't know who you played with. I, I just guessed the salads, but like, uh, the, you know, the, we did. Yeah. I, I always thought there was like an ecosystem of bands like in Toronto and then, and you guys were part of it. Pocket Twelves were part of it. Um, you know, um, uh, your favorite rapper wears a skirt. <laughs> Etern- Eternia, Eternia, Eternia. You know, she she yeah. was kind of down with all that stuff back then. Do you do you keep in contact with any of those up and comers that you were with like 15, 20 years ago?
0: You know what? Um, not as much. Most people have just aged out in the sense of like they've got families and and other responsibilities. Uh, but I know, like, 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 people haven't like stopped doing it. It's just they have stopped mm-hmm. doing it uh, as much. And like, you're right. It's a grind, right? Like, um, uh, we were coming up at this weird time that was kind of like the end of the record um, um, uh, power of the record industry otherwise
1: known as the ivan Berry era exactly right so you were in
0: this like like hey do i go to ivan or do i put this record out on cd (laughs) myself ivan's (laughs) like and
1: ivan's like i'm very busy i'm only signing tom green this year yeah (laughs) i can't (laughs) believe the industry sucks here
0: uh, you know (laughs) ivan went on to i I can't remember the name of the uh, publishing company he, he helped found which was like oh yeah great well yeah you know but At that time, I was like, do I want to sell you my publishing? No, I want to keep it myself, don't I? And I have that option. So, yeah, it was a it's it's an interesting time because it was just before YouTube became a thing. And Mm -hmm. just after I was like, oh, um, iTunes is is out and we can start distributing our own music. Wow. what's Going on. here? So a big shift, tectonic shift happened in that in that time. Uh, And it was tough. It was it was tough to like navigate the technology that was coming out, which which for me, I thought was amazing. I remember when MySpace came out, and we'd be on tour, and I could target the people in the different towns and be like, "Hey, we're in your town tomorrow. Come through." And then get out to like um, New Brunswick or uh, out in Halifax and stuff, and people be like, "Yeah, I got your message on MySpace, and that's why I came." Me being like, "Whoa!" Because before that, it was like. We had to like hire people to put up posters in in the city that we were going in. Yeah. Now I could really focus Gosh. on on that, so that was amazing uh, to me. But it was so new; everything was so new. And and
2: uh... hi, I'm Steve Yerko. and I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast for kids, Flashback. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Cundall, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at Uh, soundoff.network.
1: Yeah, I think we have a little bit of... I, I mean, I don't know if we would um i mean I, I think a lot of savvy artists that were in hip-hop and, and rock and stuff kind of followed the lead of electronic music artists because they were still dealing with the fact that no label were signing them so yeah. everything they were doing was independent and yes. everything they were doing was online and um i happened to just in a very fluky way uh, i met this dude became his roommate and his roommate at the time <clears throat> our third roommate was like one of the biggest rape producers in uh In Toronto and I knew nothing about the scene so as soon as I stepped into that apartment all of a sudden I'm like backstage with Tiesto all cracked out on ecstasy going holy shit this is pretty fucking cool scene and they were doing stuff in the year 2000 and stuff that I I had never seen before like they were they were organizing their entire business their brand
0: online with no help of any labels and they were doing good you know yeah I mean just think of the rave in and of itself that's a concert that you put on by yourself, and remember, you'd go to go to and there'd be like two to five thousand kids in I a know. field, and you're like, how, how, How'd you get all these people? Like, where yeah. do these people come from? Right? And there well, was it was no... culture, yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't like, Oh, well, Ticketmaster put this together for us, like a couple like you know, shroom heads, yeah. the, tribe. <laughs> the, tri- it's the like... tribe
1: message board put this together, yeah, is what, is what, yeah. And it was what was cool about it, too, is that, um. Until like two thousand and one or something, if you were at a rave and there was like a thousand people there in some fucking barn or farmland in Belleville or something, um, and and if someone got hurt, people helped them. <laughs> like oh, like yeah. there was, it was the most like like I I I'm obviously too young to know what it was like in the sixties, but I think that was our generation's sixties, like in a way it's that sure. electronic music rave scene,
0: for sure. I yeah. mean those concerts you met so many different people from different places. Uh, but also just like, like as much as people think, Oh, it was just drug fueled mania. We were all like, we were taking drugs that made us feel good. <laughs> like, like to touch each other and hug each other and be in the yeah. same place. And- what, what do you got against
1: music? drugs? They make us feel good.
0: Yeah. It, it was, it was, well, it was kind of like at the, at that, at that point where you're like, well, the parents say don't do these drugs. They're, and you're like, well, have a little of this. Like, oh, I'll try it, but I, I don't know. And they're, whoa, I can see. Yeah. Jesus. Right? <laughs> I, tell pe- I, I,
1: exa- I tell people, well, not, but I tell people sometimes that, um, ecstasy actually, it didn't make me discover empathy, but it made me aware of it. And then it made me never lose sight of it.
0: That, like I mean, it stayed
1: with me. Like, you know, when I wasn't it, high yeah, anymore, I was like, never, empathy.
0: Eh? yeah. And that, think of that. Like you went to the, you went to a, a, a party out in the field to listen to <laughs> sweat <laughs> yeah. like a pig. Suck on a pacifier and dance with with uh, whoever's in in your vicinity, and this drug just made you feel good. Like you just yeah. felt good about the people around you, and it was, it was such a it was such a loving. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say, but it's like a loving vibe, right? It was a really welcoming. It, uh, vibe. It's a so difficult just, thing it, for
1: people to understand if they a haven't never done any drug or whatever, or b just don't know what that scene was like. It was such yeah. a cool scene that, like, in the late '90s or whatever, you would be if there was. Two thousand people. It wouldn't matter. You would be able to spot, like a toupee, the guys that had never been to a raid before that were there to like start trouble or pick up chicks, and then they would just get escorted out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no guys probably shouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, people. You haven't done anything yet,
1: but you're about to.
0: You know, because we were. It was. It was really about like. It was weird. It was like becoming part of this big beautiful organism, right? Like we just Mm -hmm. all had like this like we just want to have a, a good time. So it was it was very strange And if you if you went there and you know you've seen some like screw face. It was like what's wrong with you? Oh I was you- actually thinking Because <laughs> 'Cause I'm
1: Italian. I was like, yeah, you know those fucking Gino with the Le Chateau clothes and the cologne you can smell from the parking lot, right? Like those guys with their roofies in their in their pockets. <laughs> um so I know you only have like five minutes or so, but um take a... Get, tell me how this happened because i know it's been a few years now but it calls it a transition but you just did uh, simultaneously you went on it says here fadl on his transition from successful rap career to the second city stage but you never stopped music though right but like tell me about how that happened and then whether or not it, it, you were able to balance music with it
0: uh so it's exactly what we are talking about this tra- uh kind of the music industry changing uh and me kind of like growing with it. But at the same time as in uh uh God made me funky, people were starting to get married, having kids, and I'm like, yo, we're going on tour and stuff. The touring started to to really take off. We toured Canada like eight times side to side. And then we ended up in the States. And uh kind of the the, the last vestiges were uh we ended up like in Cincinnati. We played a couple um festivals out there. Uh, we had one where Bootsy Collins had come the year before. We met Bootsy. Uh and then the next year um uh, he came back and we did a track for uh, one of his um compilations and stuff and it was like, oh my god, like this is Bootsy Collins. Like if we keep yeah, he, doing this, like he seems like
1: a cartoon, like like what's he literally he
0: like? is exactly how he is on TV. Like like oh, wow. he's, that's not a front. Jesus. That's not like like he's not like, hey, hey baby, and then he's like, Hello, my name is Bootsy Collins. Like, nah, it's like <laughs> You meet him like what the first time we met him, I somebody was like, Bootsy's here, and I'm like, Bootsy, uh, you're gonna need to get a new name, buddy. There's already a bootsy, and then I looked over <laughs> star glasses, uh, a leather top hat, motorhead, um, <laughs> motorcycle vest, uh, uh, um, jacket, uh, and like studs, and like he was dancing in the back to God, maybe funky, and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> That's Jeez. Bootsy Collins. I'm leaning over there, but like, that's Bootsy Collins. And we're all looking like that's actually Bootsy Collins. Then after the show, the promoter introduced us, and I was like, uh, hey, Mr. Collins, Bootsy, baby, it's Bootsy. I'm like, oh my god, you're actually this person. Yeah, it was. Uh, I always tell people, don't meet your heroes because you meet them, you're like, oh, you're well, gosh, I better love you from afar. Bootsy, yeah, that be weird. Opposite. It was like, Oh, you're, you're, you're Bootsy. Everything I've seen about Bootsy Collins has just been Bootsy. So yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, you,
1: you have to was, have a certain way about you to pull that off. Like, do you ever meet those rappers who have like the rapper voices like this? And then the way they talk to you, it's yes. like this still. And you're like, but that's not your voice. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, like,
0: I can see you putting it up. Yeah, no, yeah. it was, uh, it was very, it was, it was actually quite beautiful. And also taught me like be you, right? Like, Express who you are. That's that's like that's a good thing. So, uh, but what was also happening was like hip hop was uh, was changing. Uh, But what changed for me was I went into Second City not knowing what it was. I was just told by somebody it's like oh it's like freestyle comedy. You freestyle. I'm like yeah I don't know what that means. Went in took their level A class. Fell in love because it literally is uh, comedy that is made up on the spot. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what I do. Uh, So went through their whole ADE program. And uh, then I left to go back on tour with God Made Me Funky, came back, did their conservatory and then I moved up and I got hired by them about a year and a half after the conservatory and moved up through their um, their company to the main stage where you then write a show based on oh. improvising scenes. So everything was just like, I already like this is what I already do. This is so it felt so natural for me to, to slide into that as opposed to like stand-up comedy where you like you write, 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 refine, write, refine. This is you mm-hmm. improvise, 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 refine, improvise, refine, and then you write. Which, for me was oh, like, wow. that's how I write. That's a song. really
1: interesting. And, that's like a reverse yeah. engineering what people would
0: normally do a thousand percent. and but that's what we do as as rappers, right? Like it's kind of like yeah. this weird thing is like, oh, so the, I've been doing this my whole. <laughs> I've been improvising my whole entire life. Amazing. Uh, every time uh, yeah. I talk
1: to a teacher, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, was, so, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the interesting thing is that as I like um, got into it, I started telling everybody in the in the scene, the music scene, the, especially the um uh, the hip hop scene, is like, there's this thing that we already do. <laughs> Come through to this place, you'll transition into like doing comedy but it's based on what we already do type of thing so so,
1: so funny because yeah. you're from toronto normally raps would be like don't fucking tell anybody about Second exactly <laughs> I, don't <laughs> oh, shit, I don't care what those are. guys at Flemo park think
2: we're not yeah. doing it with them
0: <laughs> yeah for me it was like i i need more rappers around me so we can so we can do even some more like freestyling in the comedy and stuff so i i always encourage especially now i i meet people but like you said the, the art of the freestyle has, has drastically changed and has diminished a, a lot. So, uh, um, Oh, was that the
1: question st- I asked? That was like 20 minutes ago. I forgot what the question was. No, <laughs> no, it was, it
0: was, uh, it was a, st- a statement. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I get it. Uh, listen, um,
1: before you, I know you got to go. You have a meeting in like seven minutes, but like um, explain this picture for me, please, because I think it's dope. Uh, He's the chillionaire.
0: Uh, <laughs> so... Um, uh, Addy um, uh, Atully did that image for me. Um, I've always been into art, but I didn't believe that my art was very good. <laughs> so I, I went to Addy and I was like, here's this image I have, can you make it good? And uh, um, uh, he took it. What I'm holding there is a mic saber. So you wrap into the microphone ah. and that's how the, the energy comes out of it, right? That's, uh, that's my Jedi um, uh, weapon oh, wow. of choice. You're only uh, on
1: like one third power there, buddy. Yeah, one no,
0: third. no. I, I just—that's just me opening my mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someone said the word "fat out." It's got a third charge now. It's going? <laughs> ah, it's going
0: well. wait till I start rapping. Uh, yeah. Yes, um, and at the time too, um, a lot was changing uh, for me in my in my own mindset of like what success was. Uh, I had always said to myself, "I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 35," but I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know why that was important to me to be, to have a million dollars, you know, uh, by the time you 35, mind you, this, and I was, uh, so a couple years ago, a million dollars. And I was like, Oh, okay. So are you, are I'll still man, take it. It's you, still you enough. It. You, can, yeah. you can get some groceries with it or something. <laughs> you're you're you looking know? to buy an apartment out <laughs> type yeah. of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, then I kind of realized at 35, I was like, you know, what I actually want to do is I want to be able to like, be cool and chill in my life I think that's that's what I actually want I want peace peace of mind and I thought yeah. that a million dollars would earn you peace of mind in the pursuit of that I met so many people with much more than a million dollars who were not happy who were just like you know in more pursuit of more more stuff and I was like oh okay I think I found a place for, for myself mentally that I'm in a much more chill zone and that is worth my million dollars right I think totally. uh, Yeah. You
1: know, it's funny that you say that because, um, the, um, the pandemic made me realize something and that's, um, like I ended up on this, like Olympian writing schedule (laughs) starting in like the beginning of the pandemic. So now I write and like rhyme and sing like for like two hours a day for the last two years. And I'm 45. Um, and I noticed that when you're not motivated by, aesthetics and material things the art is so much better yes like when you literally don't even think of, I'm making something called the midlife mixtape for my children <laughs> 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 you know when daddy's dead they can play it or use it as a coaster or something at their dinner parties but like you know I, I made it for them and all of a sudden I realized two things one thing is that rappers that fall off at age 38 it's because they just stop working yeah. And the second thing is when I'm motivated not to care if the, if the song is 3 minutes so that radio ads can exist, I'm so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> and the music is better. You know, I'm and still you, not going to be you, fucking well better. known, but like I'm
0: having fun, you know? It doesn't even like like the the crazy thing is how much better I'm sure you've gotten um uh just because you you have that mindset, right? Of like I'm not trying exactly. to attain this thing, therefore please this which is a good
1: thing i'm not trying to attain that thing because i don't know if the market is ready for 45 year old white guys who live in the forest in canada you know what <laughs> you know?
0: listen uh eminem is how old is eminem now that'd be in his 40s 48 like, like, yeah, like yeah like like uh yeah but dude years. i'm
1: a white rapper between the uh in the dark in the in the dark ages between um vinyl ice and eminem like you didn't, I don't know. <laughs> you just, as as we walk, it comes back. It's yeah. like bell I'm just saying. At the time, at the time, it wasn't that easy. No, <laughs> it really no. Wasn't. listen,
0: you <laughs> were out there in the woods and then it was like, um, who do you vanilla ice? Oh man. But here's the funny yeah. thing. Vanilla Ice is back, right? Been back. So. He's doing halftime oh.
1: shows for two years now.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? So at the end of the day, it's like uh, uh, you're vintage now. You're retro. Go, Ugh. go get that money, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so, well, speaking of vintage and retro, dude, you're going to be doing your thing for a lot more years. I know it. Is there anything happening for you right now? Um, any any shows? Any Second City? So I know it's tight with. I, it's just loosening up now. I think. Um, so, yeah. W-
0: I mean, um, I uh, I, I do teach at Second City. If you ever want to come through and uh, and do some improv check out secondcity.com toronto uh i'm uh, working with bad dogs theater right now um doing um their um uh, uh, incubator program I- i'm gonna have a show coming out in i believe it's in may uh mid-may i'm not sure of the dates yet uh but it's going to be um like a fractured fairy tale uh, with huh. a lot of uh, uh, musical fractured fairy tale improvised show oh, um, where we get a suggestion from the audience of something that's happening in the world today. Oh, gosh, I already know what, what, what the suggestions are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then we turn Just it pl- into a fractured fairy tale. Uh, Just um, plant me in the audience. I'll give you what <laughs> James, what's happening? <laughs> I'd like oh, to talk surreal. about... <laughs> <laughs> <You crazy? laughs> wonderful uh but yeah it's one of those uh uh things where and I'm, I'm teaching uh improvisers to rap because not enough rappers have taken me up on getting into improv yo get hey i improving. sent you that curriculum so thing
1: how much did you steal of that for <laughs> to, to be part of your curriculum no no do you remember that oh, though? No. We were gonna you do- know what yeah
0: you know what we we were working on uh, on that back and forth back in the day and stuff uh um uh i teach um improvise uh, uh freestyle uh raps at second city i worked with uh, oh, also cool. uh, a guy D- douglas Wittick from new york uh he's in a uh, north coast it's um uh, a new york freestyle uh uh improv crew you should check it out it's actually oh, really innovative right uh 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 a uh, uh, younger white guy but like the dude i was like whoa what are you doing this is what, <clears throat> what i've been trying to get done in Toronto. For the longest time, so I worked with him. I remember like stuff we had worked on, and I've just been like kind of mashing curriculum together, Uh and like, but also getting on the ground, working with kids, mm-hmm. working with adults. At this point in time, I can teach any adult how to rhyme in six weeks, and like yeah, for kids bit.
1: too. Linguistics, yeah. um, speech impediments. It's 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 known now for like that freestyling or that that kind of phonical. I don't think that's. Word, I have a know, speech but, like... impediment.
0: I have a lisp. Mm. and. Uh, I, but you still I, sound crisp. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I get the reference. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> um, good. But it's like, but like, but for me, every time I speak, I literally I am thinking of my s's, right? Uh, you can tell when I I don't drink, so when I have one drink, you're like, oh, there's that yeah. list. <laughs> it's it's totally there. I don't I don't,
1: I don't drink that. anymore either. And what what I've learned um, about uh, per, uh, like enunciation is punching. Vowel words, uh, instead of instead of uh melting it into the whatever last word you said. So yeah. instead of throw away, it's like throw away. You know, yeah. it's like you punch it out. I just discovered that on my own, which makes me, you know, a guy that doesn't read. <laughs> <punch it> <laughs>
0: you don't read out loud, but now you do. Yeah, now you do. No, that's right. <laughs> read out loud. And Listen, proud. fat out,
1: yeah. buddy. I know you gotta go, man. I, I know you have a meeting. Um. But uh, it was great catching up with you. Next time I go into the city, we'll see if we can get together for what the fuck did you drink again? Milk and orange
0: juice? What was oh, that? Oh God! Uh, uh, orange juice <laughs> and diet and diet coke. Uh, it was called a fat owl. Uh, yeah, no one else I'm, wanted it. I'm too old. I'm too old for that now. Diabetes. We we'll, 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 I'm. I'm running away from diabetes as we speak. Okay, good. So, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so don't I, let it catch I you. I buddy. To ch- chill on the uh, the OJ. <laughs> All
1: right. Fat Al, man. Thanks for coming out, brother. We're, we'll we'll talk soon and we'll we'll get you back on the show in the next few months or so.
0: Most F James. Peace. All right.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks, but dude, that was fat Al. I I um he's one of my favorite people. Um just a dope guy to to talk to, to hang with, and 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 to watch perform. Um God made me funky. He's at second city. Um, go to secondcity.com or .ca, I'm not sure what he said, you'll figure it out. Um, and, uh, and, and look up Fat Al, the improvisational class, um, is something that I'd be doing right now if I lived in Toronto. So, uh, big shout out to Fat Al. Um, we have, uh, a show on Monday and I don't want to say who the guest is yet because, um, it's going to be a surprise and yeah, I can do that because it's my show. So fuck it. Uh, my name is James. This is black ball. Thank you for watching. And we are off.